piece of me? Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Good morning, Vietnam! I love the smell of night pump in the morning. You're gonna need a bigger boat. I feel the need. The need for speed. I wish I knew how to quit you. Love means never having to say you're sorry. You do! You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Happy Monday, moviegoers. Welcome to episode 238. Welcome to the Fablemans, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, and I am joined by the cast, the crew, the guy, the bad guy. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How about you? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, a great weekend. Got to see some, some pretty good stuff. Um, and I'm here joined with you talking about another great the movie, The Fablemans, yeah. um, which was a first time watch for me. So I think it's going to be pretty interesting to uh, to check out. So, um, yeah, got some good stuff coming ahead. Uh, you guys should know that if you do not know, a lot of our episodes are brought to you by uh, San Marcos, Mexican restaurant located right here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma at 2301 Southwest 59th and Agnew in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Join them Monday through Friday for their lunch specials, $5 margarita Wednesdays, and uh, let them know that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast sent you great food and even better customer service. Um, Zach, how was your weekend? My my weekend was pretty good. Went to the movies twice this weekend. Not twice. Yeah, recent watches here in a little bit. Um, I do want to... On a somber note, just kind of, I'm sure you and I, I'm sure you've heard the news. There's been another mass school, school shooting. Oh, no, I have uh, not. I just wanna, yeah, Nashville, there was a, at a Christian little preschool. Three, um, six people were dead, three kids, three adults. Oh, man, um, Where's, where was this at? Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, boy, man, that's So, you know, I... Of course, you know, me and you, we definitely want to... Well, me, you, Ed, Craig, they're not going to be on the show, but we definitely want to send our thoughts and prayers to the families of this awful tragedy. It just, you know, I don't know about you, but it, it's just become very horrifically mundane just to scroll through the internet or get on the on the, on the the TV and see that there's been another mass shooting, whether it be at a school, business, a church, whatever it is. And just like, you know, we're not a political podcast, but... You know, it's just we clearly have a problem and I don't know what the answer is, but it, it's got to stop it. I read a statistic yesterday that we, we're barely almost four months into the year and there's already been 122 shootings. So, you know, you like, know. I, like, like you said, this isn't political and I don't think anybody has the answer for any any of the stuff that's going on today. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. It, it's unfortunate. And uh I don't know if there's really um, – I mean, we can always put our two cents in on how to take care of these issues. But like I said, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody knows how to take care of these issues. Um, yeah. But uh, but we'll, we'll leave it with that. That's un- uncertain. Uh, times lie ahead for sure. And, uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to those families. Um, but you know what? We, we haven't talked some entertainment news in a while. But over the weekend, Jonathan Majors is – uh, his career is – on hold uh man he uh he had a issue with 
with a girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, I don't know what it's called, but uh, Jonathan Major supposedly strangled her, put her in the hospital, and uh, he got arrested for it. Um, does not look good. I mean, the only thing that's been... I don't know if you've seen those those Navy commercials, Army commercials that he's been doing. The Navy, the Army pulled those. Right now, no, no studio. I mean, Marvel's not backed out. He's still can Everything is still. I think pretty. I think everything's kind of on hold right now. He hasn't been kicked out of any major Marvel, or he has a new movie coming out this Christmas called Magazine uh, Drama. I think he's like playing a bodybuilder or something like that, which is awards contender. But as of right now, I mean. According to his attorney, they can prove that he he's the victim in the situation. I don't know how oh, they're going to do that. Yeah, supposedly they have evidence to support that he did none of this. So we'll let me let me we'll let find me out. let me throw this out there. Could you imagine if he's guilty in all this, and what Marvel now has to do with the yeah. entire phase built around this guy? I mean, he's. He is Josh Brolin right now. He's Thanos for this next phase. And for yeah. Marvel for Marvel to pull back, that would be huge. And you want to talk about, I don't want to, because Disney and Marvel, they're, they're too big for this. But would that be the, the straw that broke the camel's back as far as like, hey, you know, all of our stuff is getting completely, you know, down and, and, and crapped apart. Yeah. Could you imagine? I... The problem, the problem is with this argument is that because we're in the multiverse phase in Marvel, they could easily just trade out Jonathan Majors for somebody else, which I don't, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if they're even going to do it. I mean, I want to believe, I think you are, you want to believe too, that he wouldn't do something like this, but you know, we're human. We make mistakes. Um, unfortunately, we live in a world where you make one mistake and your career's done. It's oh. over. So... If you guys have not watched or listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to it. We talked about The Big Lebowski. We also talked our top five Jeff Bridges movies. Um, all of the, all of the links to the social media and all of the links to our, our episodes are on the social media, facebook.com forward slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Instagram is all one word, Instagram slash the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. The Twitter is at Cinnamon405. And then the email, um, which we will dig into the email bag next week, um, C-I-N-E-M-E-N-921 at gmail.com. You guys can uh, find the links to all these social medias. Um, last week's episode was very unique. It was one of the first movies in a while where we all kind of thought something different of the movie. So go back and mm -hmm. listen to that wherever you've listened to podcasts. Um so, and yeah. I did one. I totally forgot to. I totally forgot to uh, remind or tell the fans. If you are a fan of the Big Lebowski, they are showing it at the Warren next month in April for the 25th anniversary. So, Zach, is it crazy go. that April is just a few days away already? I don't understand it. I really don't. I feel like I think it's true. The older you get, time just flies even quicker. Time flies quickly. Um, but let's get into some recent watches, man. Do you have anything you want to recommend? Uh, to me or to anybody else listening? Yeah, I got a couple things. Um, if you're a silent movie fan or if you like Charlie Chaplin, there's a great Showtime documentary called The, the Real Charlie Chaplin. And it goes into like, they kind of defi define the line of who is Charlie Chaplin, who is the tramp and how they kind of intertwined and how um, 
at the time, he was such a big phenomenon. I mean, he was like the Beatles, or he was like Tom Cruise of his of that part of the movie industry at that time. He did all of um, his stunts? He did all his stunts. I mean, it was all this slapstick humor. I mean, it was truly, at the time, he was just, you know, the guy. He was the dude, as I would say. The dude? The episode. <laughs> Um, so yeah, check that out. And then I went to the movies twice. I went and saw John Wick chapter four. I know, I know the, the girth is scaring you, Johnny, but it is well worth it. I think How this long is, is the it? best two, almost three hours, two hours and 49 minutes. Golly for an action. Movie? Yeah, dude, it is. It's totally worth it. It flies just like that. The action is unreal. I mean, it, it true. I never thought that an action movie could outdo mission impossible fallout, but this was, this one is close. I mean, the stunts in this are truly something to be seen on oh, the big wow. screen. And you love yeah. mission impossible fallout. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I'd say Keanu Reeves and his team teamed and director, Chad Stolowski, they did a good job with this one. So what else? Did you and then, see? um, I had to go check out, I had to support my girl, Florence Pugh, her new movie, a good person is in theaters right now. It made no money, so by the time Super Mario Brothers comes out, it'll probably be on streaming. I'm 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 dead serious. There was like maybe three other people in our theater when we saw it. Um, very very good film. Uh, it's got like fifty percent, but you know you know what we say about Rotten Tomatoes. Um, tr tremendous performances from Florence Pugh, Morgan Freeman. Um, it has a very it's a very emotionally driven story. You said Morgan about, Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman's in it. Um, I know I'm, it doesn't make sense, I'm, but I'm it, sorry, it does. Why I left. You haven't seen, we haven't seen Morgan Freeman in a while, actually. No. Um, but it very, very, like I said, emotionally driven story about a woman dealing with uh, an opiate uh, addiction. Um, just yeah, go check it out if you like Florence Pugh. She doesn't. She obviously she delivers in this, and it's a it's a fantastic film. So, oh nice. So I'd say go to the theater, John Wick. Chapter four, good person, or like I said, if you're an old movie fan, check out the Charlie Chaplin documentary on Showtime. So, uh, I haven't checked out anything new recently. Uh, I, I did rewatch um, Top Gun Maverick, Parasite, Godzilla 97, Catch Me If You Can. I watched The Fablemans for today. Uh, I started. What made, what made you want to rewatch Parasite? Uh, I wanted to show somebody Parasite. I told them it was a really good movie, and uh, you know. Of course, I, I come through, you know. Yeah. If, if I recommend it, it's, it's going to be a good watch. Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I started that. I didn't finish it. I really like the animation, though. Um, yeah. If I had to recommend anything, it would be uh, it would be The Fablemans, you know. And uh, Top Gun Maverick is always a fun watch. Um, but, yeah. Speaking of Top Gun Maverick, uh, next week, guys is our one of our big episodes that we do every year our top five plus five it'll be our 2022 review we do it we're making our list checking them twice making sure what's going to be honorable mentions and we'll be going down in as our top five look at some of the look, look at some of the movies here on the poster that we'll, we could possibly be talking about next week tar yeah. one, everything everywhere all at once babylon jurassic, jurassic World Dominion. uh <laughs> no no nope was a huge one um, it's, it's going to be thunder. It's going to be a fun, a fun week next week. Uh, marry me. Yeah. That was a, that was a huge, huge surprise for me. I didn't think marry me was going to be good. So I, I'm going to see if that's on my list anywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah, so send in your lists. We'll definitely read them as we're doing the show. Uh, send in your top 10 favorite films of the year, and we'll definitely uh, voice your opinions. Light years on there. You know, that's Craig's probably number one or number two. Uh, well, I think his number one is going to be Sonic the Hedgehog 2. I'm, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and announce Jack, it. Jackass Forever is probably going to be Edward's number one or two. See, you don't even have to, you don't even have to, they don't have to be on next week. Edward, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we named him for him. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll be pretty fun. Uh, you realize we're going to be laughing our asses off if that's really the number one. <laughs> um, <sighs> you know, we, we've wasted enough time. Let, let's talk. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Steven Spielberg for just a minute. Zach, he's one of your favorite directors. And we are going to go through his top five movies. <laughs> All right, this week, guys, we are talking our top five Steven Spielberg movies. Um, I could have named off a huge number of honorable mentions. I don't. It's it's hard to put this guy's filmography down to five movies. Um, but if I had to name just two honorable mentions, it would be Catch Me If You Can and Schindler's List. Yeah. Um, well. Well, starting with number 34, no. <laughs> just rank, the, rank them all. Um, I have five. I'll just say five of them. Jaws, Ready Player One, War of the Worlds, and today's film is The Fable Men's, as my honorable mention. Uh, Zach, we'll start with you. What's number five? Uh, number five is, I think, probably one of the earliest films we did. I think it was our first war film, Saving Private Ryan. I, I think that film pretty much defines what a war movie is. I think that first 30, that first 25, 30, 30 minutes is definitely um, goes down as one of the most realistic war sequences that's ever been put to film. Then the fact that Spielberg took his time and from what I understand, he actually like from the shore all the way up to the cliffs, he just shot like section by section leading up to, all the way up to the Omaha beach sequence um, Tom Hanks is phenomenal in it. Barry, Barry Pepper, Matt Damon, Tom Sizemore, who we might even talked about. He passed away a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, just a fantastic film and definitely it, it pisses me off still that that didn't win Best Picture over Shakespeare in Love, that, that won Best Picture. So we know how we all feel about that. So number five is uh, Saving same Private Ryan. Uh, that's a good number five. Number five for me is going to be a movie that uh, you look, you can look at it and be like, really? Spielberg did that? But number five for me is Hook from 1991. Yeah. Uh, Robin Williams, um, Dustin Hoffman. Too many of these aren't done anymore. And when I, when I say aren't done, I'm talking about taking a original story and making it your own. You know, so mm -hmm. many directors or so many, you know, movie studios don't do that anymore. Um, whether it's because they're afraid to, or they just, you know, it's a Disney, you know, but, you know, Spielberg and uh, he, he took a Disney uh, name, right? Which I think Peter Pan was originally Disney like a, a Disney film. And mm -hmm. he made it to where, you know, I can do this without the Disney budget. I can do this with real actors. And 
you know, he turned a he turned it into a great story. And uh, to me, that's that's my favorite uh, Peter Pan adaption. Um, I still to this day, it doesn't matter who plays Captain Hook. Dude, D- D- there's no way Dustin Hoffman is like he's embedded in my mind as Captain Hook. What you don't imagine Hugh Jackman from Pan? You remember? <laughs> you remember oh that? God. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but Hook is one. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Hook is one. When I see that on his filmography, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot he did that. And the the score and soundtrack is unama- is amazing. John Williams, man. Yeah. So that's my number five is Hook. Um, number four for me, I think I'm going to go ahead and say that this, this is most, his most underrated film. And I, I don't know why, like, it just hits me so hard when I, like, I guess seeing it in the theater, it had like a big reaction to it. Uh, number four is War Horse from 2011, 2012, 2011, um, adapted from a play and it, it basically follows, a young lad and his horse basically and it follows it all the way from where he gets a gets him as a, a baby horse all the way up until when it returns back home and there's there's some really good um world war one action sequences in this i know it's kind of forgotten about and no one talks about it but when the horse when joey the horse is like running across no man's land and the explosions and um just kind of the camera the cinematography in that sequence is actually really well done um like I said, and there's some people in here that I forgot was even in this, like uh, David Thewlis, Tom Hiddleston, Peter, Benedict Cumberbatch is in this. Um, just a really good film, and like I said, I think it's, personally, I think it's his most underrated film. So, number four is War Horse. Spielberg with an underrated movie. Uh, number four, Jaws from 1975. Um, you know, they actually do play this over... Uh, a big old screen while you can be in the lake and watching it. I don't think I could Mm -hmm. ever do that. That that would terrify me to death. Um, This is another one of those movies, you know, that redefined a decade. You know, it's, it's hard to believe that Jaws is so old and, but also it's, it's also hard that this movie spawned off like three terrible sequels. Um. And even Spielberg is like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not touching those. But you know, I don't know what else you can say about Jaws. It's it's classic. There's all kinds of uh, t-shirts, memorabilia, everything that, that you can do. There's they have like an anniversary 4K steelbook that comes out like every summer. Um, Jaws is Jaws is the movie, man. It's 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 the movie that made sharks cool, and it's the movie that made you know um, people wanting to do. Um, giant sea creature movies you know whether it be like Mm -hmm. uh killer whales or uh anaconda but it made made shark movies cool you know to where to this day hollywood and people are still trying to do anaconda or shark movies they just they can't they don't there's no success in them unless you're steven spielberg so uh number four is jaws if you ever get a chance last year it was released for its like 40th anniversary along with et um, I didn't. It, it was actually re-released in 3D. I didn't see the 3D version, but I got to see Jaws and IMAX. If, if if it ever gets re-released in the theater, go do yourself a favor and see Jaws in the theater. That's it's it's quite an experience, actually. Nice. Even though you know what happens, even though you know the shark is fake, is there, there's something innate in your body to know that, yeah, this could happen. 
you can go out in the ocean and be ripped apart by a giant shark. So, uh, number three. Uh, uh, number three, I hope, I truly hope we get to talk about this movie sometime this year. Turns, <laughs> turns 30, turns 30 years old. It's a uh, Schindler's List. Um, it I does think, turn 30 this year. So yeah, well, I see your little episode light bulb coming above your head right now. Bling. <laughs> um, I'll save my thoughts on it. It, it, you know, I, I had my favorite Spielberg movie, but I think this is truly his masterpiece. Um, Obviously, it's not a film that I, you know I'm going to put on every Friday night, but it there's a lot of sentiment. There's a lot of realness to it. Obviously, there's a lot of emotional pain for, for Spielberg when he directed this. Um, so yeah, I, I hope we get to talk about it this year. Schindler's List. Schindler's List, man, thirty years old. That's crazy. Um, what year did that come out? Ninety three. No, yeah. 93. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 93. 93. Um, wow. So he came out with Jurassic Park and Schindler's List in the same year? Same year. He was working on them at the same time. Well, he was, he, he was doing post-production on Jurassic Park while filming Schindler's List, so that was a very odd experience. Could you, ima- could you imagine if he accidentally put the t- Tyrannosaurus Rex in there with Schindler's List, and that was like, that's what killed Alf Hitler? Uh, well, I had a darker joke than that, but yeah, we, we won't do that. The dinosaur pisses on the flame of the the big pile of burning people. Oh, I'm not, yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say. Well, never mind. Just what, what's your number three, man? Number three is Jurassic Park. Turns thirty years old as well this year. We've already talked about it. We talked about it uh years ago, but man, uh, it's uh, it's one of those movies you can't explain it. You can't sit there and do any more hype about it. It's it's Jurassic Park. Uh, if you haven't seen it, what kind of rock have you been laying under? It's over on the Peacock. Uh, go check it out. Um, number three for me is Jurassic Park. Number two for you. Uh, number two was an honorable mention. Number two is Catch Me If You Can. Really, really love this film. Uh, I tried to get tried to get us to do it last year for its 20th anniversary, but you know, other things got in the way apparently. But um, <laughs> shots shots fired. <laughs> Um, well, we didn't, we never did, we didn't do Avatar, so I'm glad we didn't waste time with that. Um, yeah, just a really, really fun movie. Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks. It's a very much like a, it's not a whodunit, obviously it's not a whodunit, but it's very much like a cat and mouse chase type film. Um, great performances, great score to this movie by John Williams. It's just an overall good Spielberg movie that, you know, when you see his name on it, it's kind of like Cook, like, oh, yeah, he directed that, not like um, Steven Soderbergh or something like that. So, uh, yeah, number two is Catch Me If You Can. Uh, number two for me has already been mentioned, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, it's my favorite war movie of all time. And uh, my next two movies could swap, one and two. Um, I would almost say this is my, this could also be a favorite Steven Spielberg movie. So, uh, okay. you you already laid down the law, all the realism, the performances, the action, and I, I'll probably I I will box anybody who wants to say that this is not the greatest war movie of all time. If anybody out there wants to tell me what your greatest war movie is of all time, please please send it on. And there's there's no way, no way that this movie 
is not the greatest war movie of all time. You could even no. throw maybe Apocalypse Now in there, but I'll still have no. an argument. I'll still have an argument for you. No, he'll he'll let you send in your your response, and then you'll meet him out in the alley to fight to box. <laughs> Say and you're then, wrong. if they send an email, I'll print it just so I can rip it up like this. <laughs> and just and then you're supposed to just like confetti it all over the place. <laughs> I gotta pick it up. I'm not gonna do that. So, Saving Private I'm, Ryan number I'm, two. I'm curious as what your number one is because I thought oh, that'd be your number one. I got a little tricks uh, up my sleeve. Uh, number one is Jurassic Park. You know, I it's it is definitely a childhood favorite, and it continues to be one of my favorite films of all time. And I don't like you said if you been you don't know what Jurassic Park is. Where have you been these last thirty something years? So it's just a. Uh, it's a glorious, glorious film. I highly recommend it. If it ever comes back in the theater, go check it out. Or, like you said, stream it on the Peacock. And just ignore it. Just do yourself a favor. Watch Jurassic Park and don't ever watch, don't watch the other films. You'll be good. You don't need to know. Yeah, that's true. Lost World is so. pretty good. Notice I didn't respond. I like Lost World. It's just, you know, it's, it's hard to follow the original, honestly, in that situation. Speaking of the original... My number one is a is a sentimental favorite. It's one of those. Oh, Steven I know what it is. I know what those, it is. It's okay. one of those Steven Spielberg movies that got shoved down my throat at a very young age, and the new one comes out this year. So, uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, Indiana Jones to me is I'm not talking about the the one with Shia LaBeouf either, but those three movies that he put together are probably one of the best action adventure trilogies that you could possibly, you know, fathom and talk about. And uh, I, I still kind of want to play around and maybe talk about the other ones. Um, I don't know if we can fit the other Indiana Jones movies in before June 30th. Um, but man, Indiana Jones, the sequences, the, the score, the soundtrack, uh, Harrison Ford just kills it, man. Uh, I think he is. Uh, he was Steven Spielberg's James Bond. Yeah, that's true. I would agree Fight, with that. Fighting with the Nazis and doing what he can, and I think he, in in the time frame that these movies came out, I think Harrison Ford was a better Bond. You know, if we can use that word, than any of the other Bond movies that came out in that time frame. Um, Steven, yeah. and I, I think. Uh, you know, without Steven, you could almost say without Steven Spielberg and Indiana Jones, what came out first? This did this come out first? No, uh, Star Wars came out first. Yeah, but I would say like um, without Star Wars, maybe Indiana Jones wouldn't have given birth to, uh, or maybe a Steven Spielberg wouldn't have given birth to Indiana Jones. Um, but I, I do think, man, just the hat, the whip, the song. Uh, it's 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 iconic, and it's it's kind of a shame that this whole character has been kind of forgotten about. And I really can't wait. Well, I can't. I... I can't. I can't wait to see the numbers Indiana Jones does. I'm gonna. I really hope it it pulls in like some really big numbers. Well, I mean, you got to remember Spielberg's not directing this one, but it'll be interesting to see. It'll be it'll be interesting to see a Spielberg le less Indiana Jones and see how it does. 
And maybe it's the sentimental fact that Indian, uh, Harrison Ford is doing it one last time because he's, you know, eight million years old. But I mean, I, I think Pete, I think that last one, the fourth one, just left a bad taste in people's mouth and be like, no. And, and, and I really don't. Books, I, I really don't even believe. Are amazing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that is oh, sexy. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. I, uh, I don't really blame Spielberg for that fourth one because it was really. He said he was done after three. But Lucas, George Lucas, kind of pushed him into doing it. So that damn George Lucas. So, but yeah, that's those are those are our top five Steven Spielberg movies. Uh, number one was a uh, given for you. I think mine kind of maybe threw some off, but I really do enjoy Raiders. So very good. This is every time I every time you say let's rank Spielberg films, I'm like I don't know. Like I I originally I had like. War of the Worlds in there, Ready Player One. I think at one point West Side Story was in there. I'm just like, damn it. But these are the films for me out of his entire filmography. You can't. I I always put it this way: if you had a fire and you can only grab five Spielberg films, these are the ones you can't live without. Yeah, I would agree. That's a good way of putting it. Especially in my 4K collector's still book edition of Schindler's List. So. Oh wow. Um, but what are we talking about? Speaking of Spielberg, what are we talking about today, Johnny? Today we're talking about the Fablemans. Uh, currently, it has an 8.2 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Metascore is at 84%. Uh, growing up in a post World War II era, Arizona, young Sammy Fableman aspires to become a filmmaker as he reaches. Um, Abdolences, but soon discovers a shattering family secret and explores how the power of films can help him see the truth. Um, starring Michelle Williams, Gabriel LaBelle, Paul Dano, Judd Hirsch, Seth Rogen, written and directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, hey, Johnny, I don't know if you can see that, but it's like Will of Fortune WWE version. They have the WWE stars on there tonight. This whole week. Okay. So, <laughs> just for you. Uh, yeah, um, let's get into it. This is, you said that's your first time watch? This was my first time watch. With a $40 million budget, this movie only made $42 million. Um, yeah. And it was a first time watch for me compared to this was probably your second or third time because you got to check this out in the theater, correct? Yeah, I saw this. Um Opening weekend, Thanksgiving Day. Thanksgiving Day. It came out for Thanksgiving, actually, last year. All right. Um, this, this is not an intentional low blow, but how many people were you in your theater opening night? It was a six. I think it was like six or seven o'clock showing. I maybe twelve, but it was like one of the little theaters. Um, it, it came out the same day as Devotion and Strange World, that Disney movie that I don't think nobody saw. So, you know, it was, That's it, was kind of, it was kind of like sandwiched in between Black Panther and Avatar. So, you know, I will get into it. But I mean, like, it's a, I guess my general thoughts are I think this is a very this is a very personal film for Spielberg, obviously. And I think it really it shines through with these characters in this story. And I, walking out of the theater, I thought it was 
very well done. I thought it was <clears throat> just a just an overall accomplishment of someone who was just trying to tell their life story in this semi-fictional autobi autobiographical way. And yeah, overall, I, I really loved it. And uh, I'm excited to see what you thought about it. Um, You know what? I, I, I wasn't dreading the watch because of how long it was, but I was like, okay, I, that's a lie. I was dreading it just a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, it's 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 a movie. It's Steven Spielberg. Uh, I'm, I'm ex it's it got it was contender for best picture. Um, so so I'm excited to see where it lies. And uh, you know what? After I watched it, and I watched it from beginning to end, um, one of my favorite movies of of 2022 now. And uh, I can't wait to get into it and talk about it because at the end of the day. Uh, if you, I've wrote this in my notes, um, no matter what you're going through in life, and, and Spielberg shows this tremendously in this movie, no matter what you're going through in life, um, if you're a film fan, if you love movies in general, doesn't matter what kind of movies it is, comedy, horror, yeah. sci-fi, um, if it helps you get through the day, that's what it's supposed to do. And I believe the first 10 minutes of the movie when they explained to little baby Spielberg about, um, you know, a, a, a picture, a, a motion picture is something that you can uh, continue to play throughout your mind and it helps you get through the day. Like, you know, his mom, yeah. Michelle Williams, explains it tremendously. Zach, you've had your story that you've shared numerous times on this show about, you know, when you were going through your chemo and when you were going through cancer, movies helped you fight and movies helped you get through every single day of your life and uh i think that's exactly what it's supposed to do and that's what movies do for me um so for the love of film uh it's a it's a tremendous story yeah. from beginning all the way to end i will say um so many great performances were in this movie mm. so yeah yeah i mean we try. I mean, we're tr we try We're trying to break the habit of going through scene by scene. Um, just Which we do. We're just trying to. There's no reason we, to. Yeah, but in this case, you know, little Sammy. I think everyone, and I, I agree with you. I think this film, it shows the power of film and what it can do to somebody. That opening scene where he's a he, Sammy's a little kid, and they go see the greatest show on earth, and he is just mesmerized by the train the the train sequence at the end of the film it just i think everyone no matter who you are has had that experience in the theater where you're just like awestruck and just be like yeah i want to do that like i want to make something that just inspires other people um and then you have you know, the, se I, the, se the sequences of him putting the train together his dad's mm -hmm. little train set and running over a car with it um yeah you know, somebody who I'm surprised didn't get any kind of mention this award season was Paul Dano. Dude, well, well I'll just let's talk about it next week because uh, Paul Dano will be in my one of my uh, categories for next week. Let's just let's I'll just say Paul Dano on this is truly he did an incredible job of casting his pair, who is basically his parents, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano. Not only do they look exactly like his real parents, but just like they're opposite spectrums of like 
Michelle Williams is very the, the artist in the family, and she wants Sammy to pursue this dream or this hobby of his. While on the while, Paul Dano's character is very much like it's a hobby. You need to grow up and be in the real world, you know. And yeah, Paul Dano had an amazing 2022. Like you said, we'll talk about it next week. Um, and you you get the story with you know the mom. Michelle Williams. Did you watch any of the, the, the backstory and like the making of? Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is I was I was gonna tell you to rewatch um the HBO documentary Spielberg, but I forgot to send it to you. Everything in that documentary is shown in this movie. I mean, it is true, like the whole movies, the the love that his mom had for the arts and just trying to be a free soul, the monkey. That was now, that was a real that was a real thing that happened. Now, now the relationship between Benny and Mitzi, the mom, that's something that also really happened to Spielberg, right? The split yes, up of his parents. He how he discovered that was through a home film that he was just editing in his room. And you know, obviously it probably happened a little different than in real life, but I mean he he discovered that his mom was having an affair with his father's best friend and he really kept that buried for such a long time that I think when I think it was filming um, when he was promoting Lincoln in 2012, he did like a 60 minutes interview and he found he finally told the truth that not told, told the truth, but just told what really happened. And I mean, I think just like anyone, it would shatter them to know that your mother doesn't love your father anymore or what's really going on. And it really it really affected him and it really shows he blamed his father for the longest time. And it shows in his films. if like that trope of like the father figure, not being in somebody's life. Close encounters, Jurassic park, ET. ET. Yep. Um, War of the worlds kind of, to a certain extent. Um, he definitely didn't direct. He definitely didn't direct Mr. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, got him there, Johnny. <laughs> um, you know, I didn't know. I didn't know any. I knew his parents had split, but I didn't know anything about the the best friend and the husband. I didn't know any of this backstory. But yeah. something that kind of led me on, like, oh, this is going to be a key moment in the movie, is when they were having dinner, and one of the kids called Benny Uncle Benny, and the was it the mom or the stepmom? The grandma was like. He's not your uncle. You don't you don't call him that. Like when she yeah. said that, I was like, something's gonna really? happen between these two. Yeah. It um I didn't catch on to that. I mean, really the scene that really um so obviously solidified it and I thought was just brilliant well well brilliantly well acted from uh Gabrielle LaBelle who plays uh Sammy Fableman. Um when he's when he's editing the the camping trip film. And it does, and the cinematography in that shot is actually really well done. It's just kind of like a 360 degree slow angle around him. And it's just like, it just hits him in the face like a bag of bricks. And you're just like, you feel so bad for him, but like, there's a part of you that just doesn't want it to be true. And so it just, the way Spielberg was able to like put that scene together, I thought was just really incredibly well done. Every scene, I feel like, and you know, he he mentions that he talks about how this movie is like a coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. Every scene that was going through this movie, I it felt like I was watching 
um, one of those all-time classics at the end of the day, like The Breakfast Club or like yeah. uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Even though those are kind of comedies, it felt like in 20 years this might be one of those kind of movies. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, obviously the subject matter is a little different, but like him, um, some of one of the scenes, one of the sequences that I love in this film is the when he and his friends get together and they're making like their little Western film or their war film and they use, um, and this is in that uh, documentary on HBO Max as well. Um, they had to use like little tricks and trades of the group where like they would bury a stick in the ground and they would step on it and the dirt would fly up in the air to make it look like an explosion. Or they had to use for the firecrackers. Um, yeah. To make it look like little explosions in the background or, it's a funny. It's not meant to be funny, but the funny scene of like, he's filming the the his actor friend um, pulling away from him, and all the extras in the background get up, walk all the way around him to make it look like they're like dead soldiers in the foreground. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I mean, it. You know, he's not who he is today, where he can rely on computers and CGI. I mean, he had to use practical and friends and family members and stuff, and it's just like. Yeah, I mean, like, if you were that age and you were into film, you would get your kid's camera or your parent's camera and go outside and just film your friends just doing stupid stuff. And it that's what you would do. Yeah. Um, guys, if you want some good hot pizza here locally, go check out Red and Blue's Pizza located right here at 4500 South May Avenue in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Great menu. Great prices. Give them a call at 405-602-2838. Let them know that the Cinnamon Movie Podcast is due for some special offers. They're open seven days a week. Uh, not only do they have pizza, they have gyros, they have sandwiches, they have wings. So go check them out. Um, it definitely makes for a great snack while you're watching a movie. Um, Steven Spielberg in this in this movie, you know, they, they made it... They, they, they point out why they didn't use Spielberg or his any of his real family names. Um, mm -hmm. What did you think of some of the sequences uh, with the uncle? Uncle Boris? Yeah. You know, I was going to bring him up. You know, Judd Hirsch is only in this movie for like 10, maybe 15 minutes. And he got an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor for this. Felt like Moonlight when I, I was watching this. Yeah, like Mahershala Ali, he's only in the yeah. movie for such a long period of time. I think, I think his performance is good. I think what he, what that character is trying to do is the the the, the moral dilemma of art versus family. I think what he's able to pull that off very well. But do I think he was the best part of the film? I mean, no. But I mean, that's just my opinion. What do you think? Uh, I thought his. See, I, I thought the importance of the character was uh, he didn't have that much of a significance in the movie to where he wasn't like a big influence on Sammy. Yeah, because it, it I think at that point he's already discovered what happened and he's kind of stepped away from his filmmaking stuff. And he's trying, I think... The ultimate, the ultimate thing, the point of the character is to say, you have to follow your dreams. You're going to get hurt. You're going to get, you're going to get pushed down. You're going to 
offend somebody, but you have to keep going. But that doesn't really happen until he meets Monica, the the Christian girl, and when he when he has to go and pray. Um, pray. Yeah, that's a it's that's a really funny scene in a really dark comedic way. But when he has to go shoot the the ditch day at the beach, and I think he finds his love for his filmmaking back again. Um, and, so, and, so, I mean, I don't know if I really got to answer your question about Judd Hirsch, but I, I don't know. Do you think he deserved the nomination? I guess is my question. I mean, I can't say it's hard to sit there and say he didn't deserve it because it was it was a really good performance, but. I mean, at the end of the day, I kind of felt like maybe he got nominated just because it was a Spielberg movie and it was nominated for Best Picture. Um, I, I don't know. I personally think that I think Seth Rogen and Seth Rogen and Paul Dano deserve more of a nomination than Judd Hirsch, to be honest. I really thought Seth Rogen was really good in this, considering you know you're the the stoner guy for all the. Pineapple Express is super bad and all that. And he's he's really trying to step out of that. You know, we talked about it last week with Big Lebowski. He's really trying to step out of that shadow of what he's known for and do some serious work. And I thought I really thought he was excellent in this. That scene where he's he kind of corners Sammy and says, Listen, you need to keep keep making movies, otherwise it'll break your mother's heart. Yeah. That's a that's a powerful scene. You know, talking about Seth Rogan, um I I, I do think this movie proved that he does not need those those nonchalant raunchy comedies anymore um and i think he proved it there was another movie that he did a few a few months a few years back um but yeah this one proved that he is officially like he he stepped away he can go and you know not not only did this movie put him in those shoes but it got him a seat at the oscars i think it should have got him a nomination um but i think seth rogan is uh, he he was really good in this movie. Um, you know the thing that upsets me though is like five people went and saw this movie. You know, I let's let's talk about this. You know, if you, I mean, someone like me who idolizes Spielberg, he's my favorite director. I'm gonna go see whatever it is: Fablemans, West Side Story. Ready Player One, War Horse, whatever it is, I'm I'm gonna go see it. But do you think the name Steven Spielberg draws crowds anymore? Nope. I was just talking about this with somebody the other day. Uh, West Side Story made shit. Uh, the Fablemans made shit. You know, it, it. I don't think that name, and it's sad, but I don't think that name means anything anymore. And let me, me. unless it's <laughs> my heart. Unless he goes out and directs like you know, uh, fucking Black Panther, um, I, I don't think that name means anything to anybody anymore. And it's sad to say, but that's just the generation that we're in. Film filmmaking, filmmaking does not sell tickets anymore. Explosions and superheroes do. I mean, his last big film was oh, Ready Player One. Ready Player One with five hundred, almost a six hundred million dollar movie. That and everything he's done since then have has been biopics and the BFG, which I, you know, that one. I mean, and even Indiana, the Crystal Skull made seven hundred ninety 
almost $800 million. And that, you know, I think that's just name recognition alone for that, that film. Tintin did pretty good, $374 million. But yeah, I just, I, it hurts me in my heart to know that, but it's like, you're right. This generation doesn't really care about really director, unless it's something like Jordan Peele, maybe more Christopher Nolan. I think Christopher Nolan still has some sway with film goers, but I mean, it just doesn't, I think we have to acknowledge that Spielberg is the, is the, is the, filmmaking class on its way out him scorsese francis ford coppola brian de palma george lucas that whole that whole generation of filmmakers is on their is on their way out it, they inspired tarantino they inspired christopher nolan jordan well, Peele, well, hold, hold, hold on now look look at it this way even the last tarantino movie like i don't think i don't think directors are are money makers anymore like you know people people go see creed because of the name not because of uh ryan coogler i don't think there's name name one director right now besides jordan peele that it's oh a jordan peele film he's gonna go sell he's gonna go sell tickets there's not another director that's like that right now no and nope only I mean, we're we're using Jordan Peele, but Nope only made like 171 million dollars this year, last year. Yeah. So I mean, it's not even it didn't even break 200 million dollars because. And you, I mean, you can you can blame the pandemic, you can blame streaming, but at the end of the day, people, people. I mean, it's is it, it maybe I'm one of those people now. People don't want to go spend money at the movies because of the name. Yeah, I, I agree with you, James. The James, only... I mean, James Cameron's Avatar two. I didn't Stop. even want to go. I mean, I didn't even go see that. I saw that, and it. Yeah, we're, we're not going to get into that because it'll just make me pissed off. Is it going to be on your the, list next week? I, oh yeah, number three, bro. Let's just get ready. Let's go ahead and announce it today. Um, I think the only, and we talked about it on that episode. I think the only person with name recognition that still works is Tom Cruise. Tom Top Gun Maverick made almost half of $2 billion. And that could be just because of the love for Top Gun, but it's also, I mean, that last Mission Impossible made something ungodly, like $500 million. So, I mean, you know, I still, I think he's the last big movie star that we have now. And I think he's really the last, name recognition person that people will go see a film film of streaming hurts a lot too though well because because if that movie if you know if that movie was you know if people knew that that movie was going to come out on on paramount plus like just six weeks later i don't think it would have made that much money that's possible the fablements though we'll get back to it um what was probably some of your favorite uh Favorite scenes as far as like you know by the time he found out that his mom and dad are splitting, what do you think of the the uh, the announcement of the divorce scene? I, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was very the way he shot it was, you know, it was more focused on the sisters because Sammy had already figured out what was going on and he knew the what this outcome was going to be, and just like the the swell of emotion 
that the sisters have and one of them the, i think the the oldest sister confronts sammy and says like why are you not more, more upset about this you know it it all you do is just sit there and do your dumb movies and everything it's just like he there's nothing he's going to say to make the situation better and there's nothing he's going to say to fix it and so he's just kind of like it, you know it's their life they're going to do whatever they want you know what it made me think of and maybe it's because i watched both movies in the same weekend but it was when uh christopher walken announced the divorce in the catch me if you can yeah with leo sitting that's there a, that's a that's a good comparison it's kind of yeah. like that i mean i've never had to deal i've never been a child of divorce so i don't know what that experience is like but i'm sure it doesn't feel good it doesn't it's not something that you ever want to everyone experience so um yeah uh what do you think about the um the high school scene whenever he starts getting involved with the two bullies yeah that's when it made me start it it, it, the the movie transitions so well even though there's kind of a slow burn it's two and a half hours but he's got different aspects of his life so therefore, to me, it made the film go by a little quicker than I thought it was going to, because you have mm. little you have little Sammy, and then you have Sammy like when he's in Arizona, kind of in high school, and then you have mm-hmm. him in California, and when he once they get to California, the movie just flows by. Yeah, there's um, I'm sorry, I keep going back to this the documentary. It it it's such a good companion piece just to kind of have watched this movie and watched Spielberg talk about his life and his experiences. He really, really avoided his Judaism for quite some time. And he was picked on in school for being a Jew. And it, he's, he said this every, if you watch the cast interviews, they say like, they always go up to Spielberg and say, did this really happen? Or, you know, is this really based on something in your life? He said, every single thing, Every single moment, every single intense, sad, happy, depressed moment is based off something in my life. And that – it takes a lot for someone to come out and tell their whole story. I'll, I will definitely com- um, compliment him on that. And when he opens the, the locker and he finds that donut hole and it says Jew hole on it, it just – It's tough. Yeah. It's a it's a tough scene. Um, obviously, Willie really well acted, and you know it. I think everyone everyone in their life has to deal with bullying at some point, and it's just something that unfortunately you just can't. I was bullied. I don't in high school, well, middle school. I don't know about you, Johnny, but it's just something that unfortunately it's just the way of life. Not everyone's going to like you, and you just have to just roll with the punches sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, but again, you know, when when you have stuff that you can kind of lean back on, uh, movies in general, it uh, it helps out, man. And uh, I think that's that's one thing that Spielberg done here. I didn't see the Fablemans on any kind of streaming service, so that yeah. also doesn't help anything. Um, you know, Spielberg is still one of those old time directors. I'm not gonna put my stuff on stream and go buy the movie. Um, well, you convinced me. So. It, it it worked, um, but I think I'm you surprised. Know, I'm surprised since this is Universal, this is not on Peacock. I'm I'm gonna be honest. 
Okay, I have one scene that I want to complain about. Not really complain about, but I wanted to bring it to your attention. What okay. was the whole concept or the whole idea behind... Um, I, I, I get why the, the kid was acting so strange and so like, Mom, get out of the way. But I don't know why it was in there. And I didn't know how to feel about that scene. Was the scene where Michelle Williams was dancing in the nightgown and the car lights was flashing... And you can kind of see through the nightgown. I get why I kind of get why it's in there, but it kind of that scene just really bugged me for some reason. I think because the dad, dad was like, "Oh, okay, she looks beautiful," and then you have Benny right there, and nobody is like the dad's. You know, you know what I mean? It just it really, really made me feel some kind of way. I think. And this is my only, this is my interpretation of it. I, I could be completely wrong. I think that the point of that scene is to show the innocence that's still there before Sammy figures out what's really going on. And I mean, it is, it is kind of jokey in some ways where the daughter kind of figures out like, Hey mom, you're, 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 you're see-through. It just, you know, cover yourself up or whatever. But I think in that moment in the camping, um, can't be with why, the family. Why would the dad not be like cover up? Because I think she, I think he, in that moment, it shows that the dad still loves her. And I think he always will. I, I always think that even, Almost. even at the end of the movie where, you know, he sees the picture of the happiness between um, Mitzi and Benny, I think it shows that he still loves her. And he, he's always going to love her. There's just, you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, no matter what someone does to you, you're always going to care about them. But that's Damn, just, Zach. that's just my, that's just my interpretation of it. So. Damn, Zach, you're hitting it pretty deep. Um, You know, when you said innocence too, maybe it's like, you know, maybe he also thought that my best friend nor my wife could do no wrong. So yeah. just let her dance, let her enjoy her moment. Yeah, even though Seth Rogen had goo-goo eyes the entire time, it's just like, no, no, it's beautiful. Keep doing it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think that's part of it, too. It's just like he couldn't envision a world where, you know, his best friend and his wife could do something on that could hurt someone that deeply or cut them that deeply. It's pretty deep. Even, even though, um, you know, Spielberg... And they interpret throughout the movie very well too, that the Fablemans has no villain. There's no bad guy in this movie. Yeah, you know, um, I feel I, I mean, feel I, for everybody I, differently. Yeah, I, I think that's totally true. There's, you can make an argument that Michelle Williams is the bad is the protagonist of the movie, but I I don't I don't think that at all. I think she's a a woman who is torn between the love of someone she truly loves and the love of the father of her children. And that's something that, you know, anybody, I think anyone would have that struggle deep down to figure out what, what is the right move. Um, did, but, the, did, did the link of this movie bother you? The, the link? I was like you, I, when the, when the prospect of watching this is like, Oh no, two and a half hours. Okay. But like, did you once we get it into it? Huh? Yeah. I rewatched it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I I had to rewatch it for next week, so if it was going to make my top ten, um, here shortly you'll probably figure out it will. 
Um, <laughs> but once once the story gets going and you know you get into the Fableman's like family dynamic, it it, it flies by for me. Like I stopped to go to the bathroom. And I was like, oh damn, I'm already I'm already an hour and a half into this. So so I don't I don't think there's any lag in this. I truly don't. I mean, it kind of goes from one set piece to the other, and it flows very very fluid very fluidly and it doesn't have any dry spells in my opinion so i think um i think spielberg succeeded on that notion at least one more question the very end of the movie <clears throat> when he goes and meets the famous director yeah what do you think that was what, what what's what do you the think that yeah who, who do you think that was because obviously they didn't give the real director name who do you think that was or did they they didn't they did they well, did? they didn't. They didn't come out and bluntly say it, but they showed it through all the different pictures, on, the posters on the wall. It was John Ford, who's a famous <clears throat> Western director. He did a lot of John Wayne movies. Um, what, what do you think that that uh, that whole? Uh, I mean, because I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. The ending to me was very abrupt, and it kind of just hit you out of nowhere when that when it said directed by Steven Spielberg. I was like, oh, already. <laughs> I think I think the interpretation of that scene is when he visits one of his idols, it'd be like me visiting Spielberg or Christian Owen or something. You're just like awestruck and you're just like Wow, you're you know, you you're a real person, you did all this and he's kind of John Ford's kind of an asshole to him, but I mean it's like you know, tell me the beautiful scene of that scene is just like Go over there and tell me where the horizon is on that picture. And Sam is able to do it. He's able to do it three times. And he says, you know, never be true to yourself. It's based I think the I think the the moral of that ending is like be true to yourself, tell the pictures you tell the stories you want to tell, and don't don't let anyone stop you. And I think the ending scene of him um walking out and just kind of going through the movie set is kind of like He's home, and that kind of "quote unquote" is the is the the moment Spielberg is born, or however you want to say it. Yeah. Uh, favorite scene, Zach. Oh. Um. It's kind of it's kind of out of left field, but it's kind of, it's a really funny scene. Is is when she meet he meets Monica and they go back to her room, and he's just like, "I love Jesus," and it's just like, "Oh, really?" And <laughs> her whole wall is like dedicated to Jesus and like the Beach Boys and the Beatles and everything. Um, that's funny. I do. I I think that's a really funny scene. I think the scene where he comes home and the monkey has created all kinds of chaos, and the dad kind of walks and is like. Paul Daniel walks in and is like, okay, we have a monkey now. Like, I, I heard that's I, – I, I read that's where he got the idea of Indiana Jones having a monkey with him. Yep. that Yep, that's true. Um, there, and I, I'll say I think the, the, the best scenes of this film is when he is making his little home movies with his friends. The, the Western film and the war film is just like the the, the young – I can do this. I can do anything. Um, I'm with my friends. I'm having a good time. That I think those scenes are really, really what makes this movie um, sympathetic and emotional to me. So, 
my favorite scenes would probably be anytime he shows the movies t- on the on the screen in front of the class. Oh, the scouts, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, with the uh, with the score in the background. Those are always mm-hmm. really good scenes for me. When he's talking to the tall kid about, hey, um, just walk. You know, you, you're you're seeing all your men die, and just I need you to look sad. And the dude really yeah. looks sad, and he just keeps walking. Um, that's a good scene. The scene where he shows his mom the uh, the, the reel of him and the, of her and a uh, Seth Rogen Benny. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a real powerful scene. I, I thought that was really emotional. Um, and then you know what? I gotta say, anytime that I saw Paul Dano and Sammy on screen together, it was uh, it was it was pretty powerful with the dad and the son. So, and then the uh, showing the uh, the the video or the movie of uh, Ditch Day. Yeah, which we didn't talk about that. Like, I think the bully, the main bully, is just so surprised at like how well he put he like filmed him in that like very heroic light and he's like why did you do that because it's like no matter what people are gonna love you it, it doesn't matter if i shoot you in a bad light people are still gonna love you so i might as well just show you how you are and that really pisses him off because i think there's some form of fa- some form of fashion i think he says in the movie is like this is the best i'm ever gonna be and it's just like why did you remind me of that so yeah <clears throat> Uh, yeah, man this this movie this movie hit on all cylinders for me. So, um, yeah, those are some good scenes. I'm excited to see where this is going to be if it's going to make your top ten next week. So, uh, star rating. Um, I'll go first. We 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 rate our movies here out of ten. Um, so for me, this movie honestly one out of ten. I'm gonna have I don't have that many movies last year that got a perfect score but I think I'm gonna have to give this one a 10 um at least on that first time watch uh just because of anytime you can put a two hour and 35 minute movie in front of me and it kind of just flies by and I enjoy all aspects of the movie whether it be the score the performances the opening the middle and the end um the story, like I said, it really felt like a coming of age story. You could, mm-hmm. I almost kind of compared it to uh, Boyhood. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a great, that's a great um, comparison. And anytime I can see a movie like that, that is almost three hours, but it just flies by, and it touches every aspect of the person's life. Like I'm like, man, that's that can get me, and and it's emotional, and it you can relate to your, you can relate to Sammy in the movie. You can relate to uh, everything he's going through. Um, I just uh, I just enjoyed it, man. And the performances made everything uh, perfect for me. So I'm going to give this one a 10 stars. Um, I'm right there with you, man. I'm giving this a 10. You could make an argument that I'm basing this because I'm a Spielberg fan, but it's not. I mean, it's a... Yeah, I mean, it's Spielberg. It's about his life. And I remember when they first announced he was doing this, I was just like, is this supposed to be like a parody or something? <laughs> I really didn't know what this was supposed to be. But seeing it in the theater, seeing a movie about a movie situation or like a fan or whatever, that always does it really hits too. home. It really hits home the idea of like, this is why we go to the movies. This is why we 
enjoy films. This is what makes us love films. Yep. Um, it's insulting that this did not win anything at the Oscars. It was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress for Michelle Williams, Best Supporting Actor for Mich- uh, Judd Hirsch, Best Original Screenplay, Best Score, and Best Production Design. It won nothing, and I don't understand because I would have, out of everything, I would at least, I would have assumed at least best best director because it's just Spielberg telling his story, and like I said, it takes a lot of courage to do that. Who won the uh, best director, Zach? The Daniels for everything, ever all at once. And you know what? We're going to talk about it some more next week because uh, we're talking about our, our top five plus five movies of 2022. Um, it's definitely going to be interesting to see if The Fablemans is on there. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once is on there. Um, it's going to be a fun episode. Um, yeah. All of our favorite movies from next from last year, we're going to talk about it next week uh, right here on a new episode. Um, it's one of the biggest episodes of the year that we always have. We also have, we're going to name our favorite actor, actress, favorite horror movie. Um, our worst uh, dog shit of the year award gets handed out next week. Um, so it's going to be pretty fun. Uh, Zach, should we go ahead and let them know what April looks like? Uh, yeah, that's our first month of, that's the first episode of April. We have, I mean, if you don't mind, I can go ahead and tell. Yeah, what, what the slate is. Yeah. Um. So Monday, if you want to show the pictures as I tell them, that's fine. Yeah. Monday, April um, third. Third. We're doing our best of 2022. Our top five plus five. It's a top five plus five episode, which we know people love. April the 10th, we dive back into the world of A24 with the uh-huh. Will. <laughs> Brendan Fraser's Oscar-winning performance. We will see um how what we think about those films. What we think about that film, and then guys, we're gonna we're gonna do something a little interesting. April seventeenth, we're gonna do we're gonna do two weeks of Nicolas Cage. First with the unbearable weight of massive talent, which was a twenty twenty two release, and then April twenty fourth, guys, buckle up. It's time to talk about Face Off, which I've never seen before. So it'll I'm be so, I'm so excited. It'll be an interesting conversation, and I don't really know what to expect about this. So. <clears throat> Those are some fun films. I can't wait to talk about them next week. Um, top five plus five of 2022. Um, but Zach, until next week, do you have anything else that you want to mention about the Fablemans? Um, no, if you're a Spielberg fan, I think you will you will really enjoy this. I know I did. I'm glad I'm glad you get, did, Donnie, because I thought I was going to be the one that was just like, I don't even think you have to be a Spielberg fan in general. I think if you're just you a don't. Movie, if, if you're just a movie fan or if you have a very interesting hobby that you are passionate about, um, I think you have to see this movie. Um, if, if you have something that you do on the side, if you're a content creator, uh, this is not like something I'm, I'm saying that you have to go out and see, but if you're a content creator, I think you have to watch the Fablemans because it just shows how much passion somebody has to do and to put up content or to make movies and, uh, you know, never give up. Yeah, that's totally true. I agree with everything you just said. So uh, until next week, guys, uh, go check out the Fablemans. Uh, You can rent it uh, wherever you rent movies, Vudu, Amazon Prime, uh, YouTube TV. It's like $5.99 to go rent it. You can go check it out 
physical media. Um, Zach, that was a fun conversation. Steve Spielberg, The Fablemans, next week. We talk our top five plus five of 2022 right here on another new episode of the Cinnamon Movie Podcast. Send in your lists.